like to welcome you all back to another episode of a little less conversation i am one of your co-hosts keith meyer as with me always aaron Hafman and dom foy today we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart being that i was probably one at one point in my life uh we're going to talk about overrated athletes <laughs> um these are guys that might get too much recognition for the for what they actually did in, in their respective professions and sports I'm going to go ahead and start this off, and I'm going to start it off with the one that I know is going to catch me in the most fire, not only from the two guys I'm sitting at the table with, but I'm sure from those of you that are listening on the outside. I'm going to go ahead and say Joe Montana. I knew it. Whoa. Okay, now don't get me wrong. I realize this guy's pedigree. I get he's won four Super Bowls. He was, what, a three-time Super Bowl MVP. But this team was stacked from top to bottom. You look at, first of all, John Taylor was his number two wide receiver. This guy would have been a number one in any team in the, any team in the league except for the 49ers with Jerry Rice on the opposite side from him, who's the greatest of all time. I don't think anybody will even argue that he's the GOAT when it comes to the wide receiver. No, he was. Their defense was loaded from top to bottom. Ronnie Lott's considered probably the toughest player to ever play the game. He had the rare – wasn't so rare when he played, but he had a fullback that was – dominant, and a halfback that was dominant. I mean, he had Tom Rathman and Roger Craig. Any quarterback in the league right now would kill to have two running backs like that. And he had them on top of the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game, another pretty damn good wide receiver, and a four-time Pro Bowl tight end in Brent Jones. This guy had everything around him. Is it possible that he made them better? He made their receivers better? You could argue yes, but I would argue no, because Steve Young did the exact same thing with, with the same talent. And Steve Young sucked in his previous team. He he did, but that previous team was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who at that point in history were the bottom of the barrel. He never made the playoffs until he got to the 49ers. I don't care how bad of a quarterback you or how good if you're a great quarterback, I don't care how bad your team is. And I realize it's a different game back then. Like I realize it wasn't like it is now where your quarterback is by far the most important player on your team. Back then they you still ran the ball. Your defense still won championships. But come on, man. And he didn't even always start in Tampa, or in, yeah, in Tampa Bay. He didn't even always start down there. But he comes to San Francisco. He goes to the Pro or goes to the Hall of Fame because he plays with Jerry Rice, Brent Jones, under one of the right. greatest coaching staffs ever to coach. There's a lot of what you said I won't argue with. But honestly, you're picking a tight end. Are you picking Brent Jones? Probably not. No. But he's a four-time Pro Bowler. It's, you say what you that's want. A guy where the, and that's a case where the quarterback made him better than what he was. And I, I would even I would even say John Taylor. I, I don't know that he's necessarily a number one anywhere else. On some some teams, yes. I'll say this about Walsh when he was a coach. On he's, he was basically what Bill Belichick is now, where anybody who comes into the system is going to succeed. It's It was Part of it was system. I'm not trying to call Joe Montana a system quarterback. I'm not trying to call Tom Brady a system quarterback. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying the, the winning culture that they that they brought with them 
is what made those teams win. And I think you stick pretty much any quarterback in that backfield with that receiver core, those running backs, that defense, that offensive line, you're going to win Super Bowls. And you're going to go down as one of the goats. And I, I don't know that he earned it. But you said it yourself. Three-time Super Bowl MVP. You don't you don't become the MVP because you're just okay. I mean, really? why why doesn't Roger Craig why why wasn't he the MVP? Who was the Packers MVP when they won the uh, Super Bowl? Who's, Desmond Howard. Yeah, not not a great wide receiver. Yet no, he was a Super Bowl MVP. That's because he had more return yards than anybody in the history of the Super Bowl. Does that make him? A, does that make him one of the greatest players of all time? If no, you've done that four times. That but one of the does it make him one of the best returners in, in NFL history? Yeah, it does. He was. I, he he had a he had a streak of probably probably six seven years where he was one of the dominant return men in the game. I, I wish I had the list of all the Super Bowl MVPs because I would show you that Super Bowl MVP that you played. And again, I'm not saying he only played three good games, but he played a good game, right? Yeah, that's what good people do. They come up big in the biggest game. But Brent Jones could easily win the MVP, the one that Brent Jones got to touch on the back of the end zone, because it was the biggest play ever, and it probably in Super Bowl history. And actually, I, w- I wouldn't have even argued if he did on that, but does that make him one of the elite tight ends? No, because he didn't do a heck of a lot other than that. He was a four-time Pro Bowler. Yeah. That's what he is known for, though. Right. That right. It, if you c- Can you name one other distinctive thing about Brent Jones? No. No. You can't, no. because... He, I'm not saying he was a bad tight end. I'm saying he played above what he would have played with any other quarterback because he had Joe Montana throwing him the ball. Okay, I disagree, and here's why. When you have the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game on the outside, and on the other side, okay, maybe he's not a number one wide receiver in every team in the league back then, but he'd have been a number one wide receiver in the league in half of the teams back then. You put him on the other side, who's let, who, who can cover the tight end? Right, and then on top of it, you have Roger Craig in the backfield, who averaged for a career four yards a carry, and he just never in San Francisco he never went under a thousand yards from scrimmage. Right, so on top of all of that, you have a guy that you have to try to stop the run with too. I just think that team was so stacked, and, and you could say this about a lot of people from the from the league from from the NFL before free agency, because you had stacked teams where guys didn't leave because they couldn't. Well, you're right, and. I'll agree with you in the fact that when you were talking about uh, Bill Walsh, for those of you who might not be old enough to remember, I mean, Bill Walsh is basically the godfather of the West Coast offense. I mean, there was no West Coast offense before him. At least we didn't call it that. He's the one who basically came up with it. And there were teams still trying to adapt to it back then because it was so different from the handball off three times and punt. You're right. Run, run, pass, punt. I yep. mean, that's, that's what the NFL was until Steve Walsh came and changed it with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Roger Craig, Brent Jones, Tom Rathman. And one of the greatest defense ever put on an NFL football field. And one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. I disagree. I, I, again, <laughs> I'm not saying he was a garbage quarterback by any means, right? I'm not saying that. I'm saying he gets a lot of credit that he probably doesn't deserve. Is he a top 10, 15 quarterback of all time? Yeah, I'll say that. All right. But people like to say he's the greatest or top three. He's not a top three quarterback. Yeah. You sure? He makes my top five for sure. Yeah. For sure. Even in college, he played for the best team in, the, in college. Like, he, he never was on a team that didn't have talent. All right. I get the 
oh, he played for a good team. And I get that counts against you when it comes to being the best. But at some point, the guy was so consistently good through his entire career. Now, we've had this conversation. What about when he went to Kansas City? He made the playoffs. Yeah, Kansas City was not a good team but before was, they got him. And this is where I say he was a good enough quarterback that he was going to make the playoffs so that I keep me in. I, I will absolutely admit that. He made, he made the playoffs and played well with a team who had not a very good defense. Who were their, who were their wide receivers then? I, I have no idea. Who exactly. Nobody knows. You know what they had? They had a running back. Yeah. That was about it. And they had Joe Montana. Yeah. And don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm not saying that he's a bad quarterback. And this is where everyone's going to jump on me because, well, Keith said that Joe Montana's overrated quarterback. He is overrated. But he wasn't bad. He just wasn't as good as people think he is. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> it's all debatable. You're Let's, right. You're right. And, and again, I want to I want to point out for probably the fifth time. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. Okay, it's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that he's not one of the top five quarterbacks. Read between played. the lines, people. Keith hates Joe Montana. <laughs> I don't like Joe Montana, but I, I, but I hated that whole 49ers team, too. But As did of, I. Yeah, but I just don't think – I think he gets more credit than what he deserves. Again, I'll disagree with that, but <laughs> – Well, that kind of goes with somebody that I have on my list, who I think he's really good, but I think he gets more credit than he deserves, and that's Emmett Smith. He's on my list, too. Okay. Not on mine – but amazingly, I think we all three agree with this one. Yeah. I mean, probably, possibly the best offensive line ever. I was I was looking at, I actually have the offensive line listed. He yeah. had Larry Allen, Nate Newton, uh, Eric Williams, and Mark Stefanoski. I believe all four of them are going to end up in the Pro Bowl if they're not already. Well, there, there were a couple more. I mean the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean the Hall of Fame. Um, well, the first three, weren't they first-round picks? Yeah. He benefited from that horrible, horrible trade they did where they traded Herschel Walker to the, to the Vikings for like 100 draft picks. Yeah. That worked out well for the Vikings yeah. too, didn't it? No. 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 <laughs> worked out well for the Cowboys. Yeah. I've got like, this. there were seven offensive linemen that basically played while he was while he was there. They were really good. Mark Stepnowski, did you say him? Yep. yep. Nate Newton. Mark Tooney. Yeah, I got him on my list too. I just didn't say him. Eric Williams. Larry Allen. Kevin Goggin and John Gasek. So uh, between the seven of them, they've got thirty Pro Bowl appearances. And, well, and uh, we did, you mentioned you guys both mentioned Larry Allen. Yeah, he might be the the best ever. Yeah, offensive lineman could be. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying he's bad. Just like you with Montana, he's obviously a good running back, but because of his offensive line, I mean, you put Barry Sanders behind that line. I'm pretty sure happened. You and he's going to be the you best. You could have ran for a thousand yards a season behind that. Line. Oh, probably. Well, okay, Emmett Smith in the world of running backs, not that big of a guy, and they're opening up holes that you could drive a truck through. Right. I mean, and his his forty time was four seven. I mean, that's incredibly slow for an NFL running back. Right. Uh, he had some power with him, but the offensive line was so good that the NFL Network actually did a documentary on their offensive line called the the Great Wall of Dallas. I mean. When you don't get touched for the first three, four yards and you're an NFL running back, you're going to have huge, huge, huge games. And on top of that, it wasn't like the rest of their offense sucked. I mean, they had Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Jay Dolbachek. I know. All these guys are – they're just bad people. Like, I don't want to say bad people, but they're they're guys that fans from other teams are like, 
these guys are horrible. Like, they're just bad people, I guess, is what you think. Like, you look at Michael Irving. And you, the, yeah. That guy wouldn't make it on most NFL teams. That guy wouldn't because, make it Because he, he'd, been, he'd have been cut from the team just because of his antics. Yeah. And then on top of that, they have their owner, which nobody likes, unless you're a fan of the Cowboys. Then you love them. Yeah. I don't understand why. It's like it's like the Yankees in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that line made – I think it made Michael Irvin and it made Troy Aikman too. Oh, it did. I mean, it made – it turned those guys into stars. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, since we're on a roll with football players, I'm going to go with one as well. I'm going to say – now this one you really have to say, Trent Dilfer, <laughs> the guy won a Super Bowl ring without basically basically be, knowing how to be a quarterback. I mean, this guy was horrible if you watched him. I don't know if he's overrated though, because I what? guess my argument on this is like when when the Ravens won the quarterback or won the Super Bowl and he was the quarterback, the. It, they said basically he just managed a game. Like he was a game manager. Like nobody ever really gave him credit. They gave that defense all the credit. But even that's an over or being overrated because he wasn't a game manager. Basically, they took the ball out of his hands because he couldn't do anything with it. I mean, okay, if you want to say he did a good job, he did a good job handing the ball off. Yeah, his job was not that's to what he did. Turnovers. I mean, the stuff that this guy. I mean, he's a. I view him as the worst quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl. Even during that season, the Ravens' defense won, I'm not going to say every game, but probably three-quarters of those games during the course of the season. I mean, there there was, I believe there was two games at least that season that they won without scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you that he's a bad quarterback. I just don't know who, who valued him. Like, I don't know any, I don't remember anybody saying, well, Trent Dilmer's a good quarterback. And... The thing is, you still hear about him once in a while today. Well, because he's he's still uh, yeah, he's still on TV all the time. But they, they talk about what you know. To me, there just should be an asterisk behind him because he's he's the first quarterback, the first starting quarterback in a Super Bowl to be released by his team in the off season following the Super Bowl. I didn't realize that he was. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he's no different than Jim McMahon. I don't think people. I think people would overrate Jim McMahon more than they'd overrate him. I actually think Jim McMahon was a good quarterback. Really? Yeah. He handed the ball off to Sweetness and let the 85 Bears um, win him a Super Bowl. If you'll recall, he was a backup at Green Bay, and he actually played pretty well for him. I guess every, like when I think of that Ravens, when I think of that Ravens team, I don't ever think of Trent Dilfer. I think of the defense. I, I could I don't think I could name anybody. It was Ray Rice on the Ray Rice was on that team yet? Was he? No, that was before Ray yeah, Rice. So I, I can't name any other offensive player on that team other than Trent Dilfer. Yeah, <laughs> but. I, I mean, and it wasn't just as a, with the Ravens. I mean, he came out pretty highly touted when he was uh, with Tampa Bay. Yeah, but Tampa uh, Bay killed his career like they did every other quarterback. <laughs> I would argue that Trent Dilfer killed his career because Steve Young still came out with a career. Trent Dilfer was basically in a scrap heap. How many, how many, how many Super Bowls does Steve Young have? Two? couple, yeah. That's only one more than Trent Dilfer does. I mean... Yeah, and there's no comparison there. There isn't. You're right. But he played behind maybe the greatest defense ever. I mean, I know people like people have this infatuation with the 85 Bears and that they were an awesome defense. I'm not knocking the 85 Bears, but that Ravens defense in the mid-90s was incredible. Right. I mean, they're probably going to have four or five Hall of Famers off that defense. 
Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just, I just, every I, time I hear his name, it just, it just makes my skin crawl that I that this guy's got a Super Bowl ring and Dan Marino does not. But Dan Marino didn't have the Ravens defense. I, <laughs> you're right. I, I guess that's my only argument is I, I don't think he's a good quarterback. I just don't think a lot of people value him. The Ravens sure didn't. No. <laughs> no, they didn't. I'm going to leave the the sport of football here, and I'm going to go to the NBA. For people who know me, basketball's kind of my thing. I'm going to go with Dwight Howard. This guy came into the league, and everyone said he was going to dominate. And he plays in a league that doesn't have any dominant big guys anymore. He's been to one finals, and he lost. And that was early in his career. The guy's been traded twice. Yet he's an eight-time all-star. I don't ever see this guy winning a championship. But when he went in his, and he's past his prime now, but when he was in his prime, all you heard about is how great Dwight Howard was. One of the things that kind of kind of got me away from, like, one of the reasons I don't like the guy, he doesn't seem like he has a whole lot of competitive nature. Like, he doesn't look like he wants to compete. There's something about him. Like, I don't care if you're having fun playing basketball. I mean, it's a child's game, and you're playing it professionally, and you're getting paid a lot of money to do it. So you should, you should have a smile on your face most of the time, but sometimes you just got to bustle down and say, give me the ball. And, and he just never had that, that competitive, like that, that it factor that the NBA greats have. Yet he was considered an NBA great at one time, and I don't understand it. I'm not going to argue with you. Right. Yeah. It, there's a, I think there's a long list of big guys in the NBA that everybody thinks when they're coming out, they're going to be the next great thing, and it rarely works out that way. I mean – when you think in in recent history, in in the last thirty years, how many really dominant big men have there been? Last thirty years, there's been a few. In the last uh, twenty, I would argue, there's been hardly any. But thirty years ago, you still had Ewing, Elijah, well, Shaq, right, true. But in the last twenty years, there's not a lot. No, and that's my point. That's, that's why handful. I don't. That's why I don't understand. Like this guy was a true big guy. Like he was a post player, not like the big guys that come on now that that are perimeter. Premier post players like they play inside and out. This guy was inside only. I mean, this guy's had some huge games. He's had rebound games, you know, like thirty rebound games. But he just doesn't have. Like, if I had to pick a post, if I had to pick him or Charles Barkley to play in the post, and even though he's three, got three inches on Charles Barkley, I'm giving giving the ball to Barkley every time. And Barkley's not even a true center. I mean, he played power forward, but he's not. Even, I would argue he's barely got the height of a power forward. But he had that competitive edge. He had that that I'm I'm going to beat you. Every time I get the ball. Well, and and Barkley might be one of the most competitive just people in sports. Yeah. I mean, listen listen to him announce now. He's still competitive. He is. I mean, I I heard him on the pregame yesterday talking about how how this team's going to win, this team's going to win, and basically betting the other announcers that that he's right. (laughs) Just pulling for the box. He was. He was, yeah. Kiss of death. That was a good game, by the way. Did you watch it? Unfortunately, I only saw about the first the first quarter. Oh, it was good. We're talking about game one of the playoffs because this will be all later. Yeah. Who's next on your list, Halfman? Uh, Joe Namath. Ooh. Ooh. Nobody's got him. There's a bunch of old people screaming at at their (laughs) listening device right now. Joe. His overall there's a, bu- there's a bunch of young people going, who? Yeah, 65.5. Threw 220 interceptions and 173 touchdowns. That's a shit ton of interceptions. Different league, though, man. It was a different league. Well, it was. I mean, it was a different league than it is now. 
they they ran the ball a lot more. So you're gonna, I would argue that I would bet that a lot of quarterbacks had a had a bad touchdown interception ratio back then because you ran for the touchdowns back then. Do you think that much though? I don't know about that much. It, that does seem high. I can't believe it's that high. The thing is, yeah. though, like leading up to, you know, the season that made him famous, he wasn't. I'm not going to say he was an elite quarterback at that time. You know what I mean? You you might. I'm going to be honest. Joe or Joe Namath is he's like a cult figure. He's like a superhero, and maybe he didn't earn it. I don't know. I never looked at his stats. I never even thought about this guy when we we're talking about overrated athletes or when I was thinking about overrated athletes, but. If that if those are his touchdown interception ratio, that is pretty bad, and he's only got the one Super Bowl, right? Yeah, and I, I actually agree with uh, with Aaron here because Joe Namath is he's lived his life and made his living and his notoriety off of two things in his life. Basically, he called it that he was going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and then he got real drunk and tried to kiss a female oh, yeah. journalist. That's why the young kids will know who he is. <laughs> and, and yeah, that is how they will know him. Yeah, he was a drunk old guy. Yeah, I guess again, I I wasn't old enough to see him play. I mean, dude, he's Broadway Joe. He's got to be good because he's got a name like Broadway Joe. Like, and I'll give him credit. Basically, calling the Super Bowl—that's kind of unbelievable, especially when you were the underdog. And back then, now everybody does it. Well, yeah, everybody thinks they're going to win a Super Bowl every year now. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to take my lumps from Keith right here with one of my guys. Allen Iverson. Ooh. <laughs> and, and you and I have had a little bit of this conversation once before where I called him overrated, and, and I know you weren't real impressed with that. Now, wow. basically, here's my argument. Now, he was one of the top scorers in the NBA. Hold on. I'm going to interrupt you before, you before you get in your argument here. You realize this guy. Can you name another guy that played, that he played with on the Sixers? No. Okay, I can name one, and it's Eric Snow. And I think they Who? can name yeah, I think that Kevin Matumbo played with him at the end of a, at the end of a season. Yeah, I believe you're right, but but now I'm going to say this: you realize that Allen Iverson made it to the finals with a team that you can't name another player on, right? Yep. Okay. 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 <laughs> no. Okay. He was always in running for top scorer. You know, I'm not going to say every year he's in the league, but quite a few of those, especially when he was in his prime. But it was pretty well documented the guy took a ton of shots. This guy's whole game was centered around one thing, him. Okay. That's what, it, that's what his game was centered around. It was around him. It, it was all about, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I think it, it sure came cl- across poorly when it, as far as I was concerned. I'm sure I'm not the only person who thought that. I just I have a hard time with a guy who starts like that. And then you, you look at his uh, career uh, shooting percentage, and it doesn't compare to a lot of the other guys that he's mentioned in the same breath with. It's quite a bit lower. It is. I mean, and, and when I say quite a bit, I'm talking single-digit percentage points, but over a career, that's quite a bit. It is. Now, now I'm going to say this. Everything you said about how it's all about him, it's all about him, everything was about him, everything centered around him. Do you think that might be because that's what he was asked to do? Maybe, I mean, maybe, but if the guy was smart enough, he'd realize it's a team sport and everything can't be him. Okay, but if there's nobody else on your team that can score and they're asking you to score every time down the floor, what are you going to do? I mean, Fire the coach? He has no control over that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> he doesn't, really. He, he, I, I know he didn't have to practice. <laughs> okay. 
I want to go to that. I want to go to that right now because I think that I think that hurts him in the long run. The whole yes practice. We're talking practice here. Yes. We're talking practice. Okay. First of all, most guys in the NBA, in the NBA, especially the superstars, how hard do you think they're really going during practice mid season? Because that was mid middle of the season. It depends who you're talking about. I, I get there's some because if you're talking Giannis, hundred percent. Yeah, and Jordan was the same way, right? I get it. But you're talking about a guy who. Didn't sit out during games. Played hurt all the time. He had to leave, leave the league in minutes almost every year he played. I don't believe he needs to practice at that point. And, and I'm saying this as a guy who played. I played through maybe through his, Maybe his shooting percentage goes up. No, because there was only one guy in that team that was going to shoot the ball. Right? Every team knew that Allen Iverson was going to shoot the ball. He used to shoot the ball a lot. Because that's what the offense was. Have Allen Iverson shoot the ball. Because nobody else on that team was any good. You take Allen Iverson okay. off that team. I understand you say there aren't any good, and I know they're not household names. These are all guys who made the NBA. Okay. But you take Allen Iverson off that team, how, how many games do you think they win? 15, 20? If they're, if they're oh, there's no question it wouldn't be as many. They went to the finals. And he made it to the finals. And he's, the only guy I've ever seen do that other than him with nobody else on his roster was LeBron James the first time he was in Cleveland when they lost in the finals. Hmm. It's the only other guy I've seen him do it by himself, and he did that by himself. I realize there's 13 other players on that team or 14 other players on that team, but everybody knew every week that Allen Iverson was the guy that you had to stop, and yet he still was one of the lead leaders and lead leaders in points every year. All right. Well, not not knowing what the coach actually said, I can only say that what I looked at. Looked like Allen Iverson wanting to be the guy. He wanted to be among the elite more than anything in the world, including letting his team help them win. But he won. His team won. Yeah, he might have a ring if he actually, you know, passed the ball off his once in a while. He wasn't good enough to win a ring. He was in the playoffs almost every year. He made the finals, you said. He did one time. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys should fight. <laughs> I love sitting back and watching this. <laughs> by the way, this is definitely where you guys shine. The, by the way, this uh, Allen Iverson definitely would have fought over this, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> if there's if there's one blemish okay. in his record, the, it was the, the fact that he liked to fight. The, the, the difference in this is, I might actually fight at Allen Iverson. I'm not fighting. <laughs> oh, I'd be more afraid of Allen Iverson. Than me. <laughs> well, he's certainly not going to fight fair. No, no, he'll beat you up in a bowling alley. <laughs> I see footage. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure that happened. No, I, I guess my complaint about this is you want guys to win games, and you want them to win a lot of games, which he did every year he was in the league, including beating my Bucks in seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals in a game that I'm still heartbroken over. And that was the big dog's fault. Yeah, it was. He missed a wide open 15 footer, <laughs> and they lost my life. There's another guy I'd put it as overrated. I'd argue with you on that one too, but I don't know what else people can ask for out of Iverson, I guess. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not putting Iverson as one. He's not one of my favorite players, but I respect the guy for what he did. Do you, do you think he's an elite player? Yeah. Yeah. I think right now, if Allen Iverson stepped into a basketball court, I don't care who's playing on it, Allen Iverson's going to be one of the best players on that basketball court. I don't care if I don't care if you drop him in an NBA also. Right now? Right now, I think Allen Iverson's still better than a lot of players that play in the league. Is he even playing? Is he playing overseas? No. No. no, he's actually in the big three that are, that's run by Ice Cube. Oh. Yeah. He's coaching that plan. Yeah, which I find hilarious. He's yeah. coaching, running the, the running very the thing that he didn't want to do. Yeah. Do you really think they practice for the big three? 
No. Not if he's a coach. No. <laughs> yeah, not if he's a coach. <laughs> They're probably at the bar having a couple drinks. Yeah. I, well, I don't even think he'd be coaching if he knew how, if he had any idea how to. I'm sorry. The They're at the bar at the bowling alley having a couple <laughs> drinks. I don't. I don't think the only reason that guy's coaching, I think, is because he has no idea how to handle money. Because he's apparently broke. Because this guy never packed a bag. Any any time he traveled in the NBA, he just bought all his clothes there and left all his other stuff in the hotel room when he left. So he never wore his stuff more than once. I guess in sports, we always ask the superstars to be the guy that went to games, and he gets knocked because he did it in a way that looked selfish, even though. That's what his team was asking him to do. All right, l- let me put it this way. I know your what your argument's going to be here, but I, I still have a point in there. Jordan was the ultimate team player, I believe, as far as the NBA goes, because the guy obviously he wanted to be the guy at the end, take that take that that winning shot, but he utilized the rest of his team in order to get there. Now I understand some people are going to argue that Scottie Pippen was another great player. I would argue argue against that. I think he was a good player. He was voted top 50 all time. I would argue he's a good player. Did, what did Scottie Pippen do when he didn't have Michael Jordan? Made the playoffs. Everybody makes the playoffs in the NBA. That's not true. Well, I'm a Bucks fan. A lot, a lot of teams make the playoffs in the NBA comparative to other sports right. is, is my point. So to hear him mentioned in the same breath, Iverson I'm talking about, as Michael Jordan, I don't see it. But I would never put him up that high. But people do. That's that. That's my point. They might. But I'm just saying, you're at, you ask a guy to get your team to the playoffs, to the finals, give your, give your team a chance to win. And he did that every year. I don't know what the question was, but he was definitely the answer. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm just saying. like He took a team that was nothing and took them to the finals by himself with Eric Snow. Eric Snow might, might have been one of the NBA greats if he'd just been allowed to take a shot once in a while. No, he wasn't. He was barely a good player at Michigan State. <laughs> All right. I, I say we move along. I, I'm a little black and blue right now. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with one that might end up getting me back black and blue. I'm going to say a guy who a lot of people consider to be an all-time great, Bill Walton. Yeah, uh-huh. Staying with the basketball. Ooh. Yeah. Here's the thing about Bill Walton. Anybody know what his NBA averages were? No. No. Get this. He's a little before my time. In the NBA, dude average 13 points, 10 rebounds a game. Huge. 13 points, 10 rebounds a game. And people consider this guy to be one of the greatest of all time. Now, I will say, he did win a championship when he was in Portland in one of his first couple of years, right, where he was the guy. And he did get hurt, right? So, I will give him that. It's not like he... The guy had foot problems his whole career, basically. At UCLA, he was dominant. I would have guessed a blow to the head. (laughs) (laughs) Listening to him announce, I would have guessed a blow to the head. But what I found amazing when I was looking at this guy, this guy, how many all-stars do you think this guy made? I don't know. I'm going to say it's in the double digits. Two. Two. He's a two-time all-star. He's a a two-time all-NBA player as well. How many years did he play? You know, I don't know offhand, but it was a lot because I'm pretty sure I could get to be a two time all star. Maybe he, he did win two championships. He won one as a role player with the Celtics, too, with the Bird McHale Parish years, right? But everyone talks about how great Bill Walton and okay, I'm a big guy, I played center in college. I got an uncle who's really big into Bill Walton, right? And he kept telling me how great a player Bill Walton was. So, I when I did this research, I was dumbfounded because I'm like, dude, he, he was a very average NBA player. 
Now, the injuries are a big reason for that. But he had like a 10, 10 or 15-year career. He made two All-Star games. 13. 13 years, yeah. Two All-Star games. You know, this kind of is just dawned on me. Do you think that maybe some of that had to do with I, back when he started his career, they just didn't score like the, like the scores weren't as high. He was right behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he's the all-time leading M- scorer in the NBA, isn't he? Last I heard. Yeah. I, I, so no, I don't think so. Because back then, role players didn't score twenty points a game ever. Oh. It was, your, it was your, your main player that scored all the points. You're right. That's 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 probably accurate. Yeah. I honestly I don't know enough about his career in order to, to really comment all that much on there to, to really disagree with you. All I know is I didn't really care for the guy. Still don't really care for the well, guy. I think announcer. he's a terrible announcer. And, terrible. and on if, I, if I'm if i on the fence about whether I'm going to watch a game that's on and he's announcing, I'll turn it off. Yeah, I agree. I once heard, I once heard this guy legitimately say during a basketball game that you have to, in order to win the game, you have to score more points in the other game. That, that was one of his... Well, that was, that, was, that was being for the, honest. That was for the beginners. What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with honesty, right? For all you polo players, this is how, this is how we do it. Just say, uh, real quick, Lance Armstrong. A lot of people. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> right, a lot of people still think that he's the he's the best cyclist ever. Special guest Joey Lawrence. <laughs> Isn't it now technically hasn't he not won a championship at all though? Like didn't they didn't they strip him of all of his championships for doping? I don't know. Did they strip him from for all of them from him? I I want to say yes. Yeah, I I can't even argue that because he's he's a he's a zero time Tour de France winner. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, he was a seven time winner at one point. So wow, I'm floored not only because I wouldn't I didn't think of him. But the fact that I didn't think of him at all, like he never even entered my mind as far as overrated sports stars. But yeah, that's that's actually a good one. Yeah. Yep. Who else did you have on your list? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how how much of a beating do I want to take right oh now? Because this is the one that's really going to give me a beating. And I thought Allen Iverson was bad. It's LeBron James. <laughs> Okay. I'm not a LeBron fan. <laughs> I can't deny that he's good. Let, let let me tell you why though. And I don't necessarily think I'm kind of splitting his his uh, career up in half. I think the first half of his career, he was way overrated. I mean, this guy they were calling him the king before he ever stepped foot on the NBA court. The guy's been the seventh straight NBA Finals. He's won four of them. Yes, and he's been on a loaded team. Pretty much every one of those times. Washer's Cleveland team was not loaded. Okay. I said pretty much. I'm going to see Miami. Tell me that wasn't loaded. It was better than his Cleveland team, but Chris Bosh, I would say, is more overrated than he is. I don't, I don't deny that. Chris Bosh is a, is a great role player. He's, he's, not, he's, not a, he's not the guy. But when he went to Miami, LeBron might not even at that point in his career been the best player on that team. Because Dwayne Wade was at at the height of his he, career right he was there. Better than Dwayne Wade. I don't know about at that time if he was. Here's my problem with this. <laughs> Legitimately, there might be one, maybe two players I put above him in the history of the NBA. And when it comes to overall abilities, there's none that I would put above him. When, when it comes to being able to score, rebound, defense, assist, nobody's better than him. 
put all around you. Like I said, I'm I'm talking early in his career. Right now, I in the last few years, I'd say he's probably come into his own because early in his career, he was one of those guys I viewed as he needed other top name players in order to help him elevate his game. Whereas now he's finally kind of figured out how he can help elevate other players. As a rookie, he took a no-name Cleveland team to the championship game. Yep. What more can you ask for out of the guy? You, <laughs> the, you say he didn't. Hurt. Okay, he's it, a rookie. And he went to the finals with a team that it was dead last year before. <laughs> but it wasn't the same team. There, there are some other guys on that team close. that that were that were decent players. The second best player in that team was Anderson Verjao. Yeah, you don't even know who he is. I do. <laughs> I do. I don't. <laughs> he was a... Okay, he wasn't that good. <laughs> LeBron James is on the Mount Rushmore basketball players. And this is why I think he's overrated. I don't think he's there. I I don't put him against... Uh, ahead of Jordan. I don't even put him ahead of Magic or Bird. Okay. I maybe he's put the, him ahead of Kobe, but I, that's even a debatable. He's the greatest small forward to ever play the game, and that hurts me to say because Larry Bird's my favorite player of all time. Yeah, yeah. Larry Bird would kill to have the talent that LeBron James has. You say he was overrated when he was coming up. They named him King James before he even set, set foot on the floor. His first year, he went to the finals. Yeah. Like, what more do you want out of a guy? So he, was not, he was 18 years old. And he was playing in the NBA Finals, and he was the best player on his team. And it wasn't even close. And he lost to a stacked Celtics team that put together a super team before he put the super team together down in, in Miami. See, here's here's the thing. I, I put him in, this, in the same category. I thought the same thing about Kobe when he came out. Now, Kobe's a little bit different. He took a few years before he actually caught on because he wasn't, he wasn't that great when he first came out. Like, it took him about two years to really catch on. When he did, he was a great player. But when he had Shaq playing along next, alongside of him at first, who was probably the most dominant big man to ever play. Yeah. He was. Okay, when he played with Shaq, eh, was Shaq really in his heyday then, though? Yeah. Shaq and the Lakers was the best Shaq there was. Really? Yeah. I, I, I would say. Uh, Dude, when he was on the Lakers, they changed the rules in the NBA so people could play zone against Shaq because they couldn't stop him. I would one. say. Shaq with Penny Hardaway was the best. Was the best there was. No, because the Kobe Shaq Laker teams are probably top ten teams of all time. Well, yeah, that's because they had a whole bunch of other players that were pretty damn yeah, good they too. Did. They had Bob Corey too, which for some reason he always won championships. There's just some guys that are like that. And uh, he always hit the big shots in the championship games too. Rick Fox, same thing. I hate Rick Fox. I, I do too, but but same thing. He was a same. It was the same thing with him. I, I'm not saying I like the guy. Getting but, heated over here. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why I chose these two guys because I knew it would be. It would be. I don't even know how you can say this about LeBron James. The guy's got what four championship rings, right? Yeah. Okay. He he's going to end up with a fifth one before he's done. It's not going to be this year, but he's going to end up with a fifth one. Quite possibly. I mean, other than other than the Celtics of the '50s and '60s. And the Lakers of the eighty, Lakers and Celtics of the eighties and nineties. What more do you want out of a guy? Okay, this, like I said, I, I'm viewing this from the beginning of his career. I'll just say it, it rubs me the wrong way when somebody's coming out of high school, not even college, high school, and they're putting this guy on a pedestal as being the best player, one of the best players in the NBA before he's earned a cent of it. Okay, well you can't blame him for that. I'm not. I'm not saying that's okay. it's and necessarily second, his fault. Matter of fact, I think a lot of these guys that we have in here. 
the problem is but is the media because they build these guys up. But but what, but he's probably exceeded what people thought he was going to be able to do. Seven championships. I don't know. I think I think at one point they said he was going to bring about world peace. <laughs> Never said. <that. laughs> Seven championships. I'm pretty sure he did. Seven NBA finals in a row, plus he won a gold medal during that time. Okay. This guy's basically had no offseason in, in eight years. Oh, I really feel bad for the guy all of a sudden. You should, because 82 games plus the playoffs is a long time to be playing basketball. Yeah, and and, and I bet she doesn't make much money to do that either. Again, not his fault. <laughs> I'm not saying it's his fault. Like, but he's, he's a Nike guy, right? They paid him... $90 million as a rookie, like he did. Mm-hmm. But he's probably made that company billions of dollars. So how can you say that's overrated? Like He's making more money than what he's being paid. That's because there's a lot of sheep in the world. <laughs> Whatever, but he's good. Like He's the best player in the league right now. He's been the best player in the league since he got in the I'm not, league. I'm not debating how he's playing right now because he, he, has, he has melded himself into a dominant player for sure. And I want to point out that I don't even like LeBron James. Okay. Here's the thing about well, at least at least we can agree on that. He he's the guy in the league that I love to hate. He's the guy in the league that I want my guys to beat. Right? It's the old Ric Flair in order to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Well, LeBron James is the man. Right now? Yeah. Right now. You think he's better than Steph Curry? Yeah, I do. Overall, yes. And I hate to say that, but if I were starting an NBA franchise right now and I could pick one guy for my first pick and age wasn't a factor, it would be LeBron James 100% of the time. Now, he's getting up there in age, so I, I might not do it if I'm legitimately doing this, but if age wasn't a factor, he's the one guy I'd pick. And I'd say maybe in the history of the league, there's only one other guy I'd pick above him, and that would have been Jordan in his prime. Wow. I, I just I can't fathom this one. <laughs> can't fathom this one. I don't know what more you want a guy to do. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry you had to see this. <laughs> this is great. I love just sitting back and watching you guys go at it. Anybody got anything else? Um, I, I do, but it's a it's it's kind of pointless at this yeah. point. Yeah, I can just say it. Um, I had Ryan Leaf and Mike Vick both in there. Yeah, I had. Well, who could forget Todd Marinovich? The guy who was bred to be an NFL quarterback. The only guy I had left was Tracy McGrady because I just don't understand how that dude made a Hall of Fame. And the one guy that I that I did have left that was going to probably catch me some more flag. Go figure, Alex Rodriguez. Oh no, no, you wouldn't call any flag from me, dude. The numbers in the playoffs are horrible until until he had a couple of year span towards the end of his career. Before that, he went one. What the heck was it? One for 200 and something in the playoff. It, it was ridiculous. Over a couple of year span or a bunch of year span. Yeah. Oh. It was it was terrible. Yeah. Like he was he would be great during the regular season, playoffs hit and it's like you would turn the faucet off. And highest paid player in the league, wasn't he? Yeah. For when he was playing or like uh yeah, he towards he had he got the his first contract was made him the highest player in the league and then his next contract made him broke that record yeah they're both 10-year contracts by the way yeah yeah i don't ever said that well those of you at home can send us your thoughts at a little less conversation podcast at gmail.com because i'm sure a lot of people have some some thoughts about this one 
Uh, you can also find us at Facebook at a little less conversation podcast, or you can tweet us, tweet at us at a uh, little less con one. Want to give a shout out to the pull tops for allowing us to use their wonderful music. Talk to you guys next time. Have a great week.